Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. I've got some stories to share. Boy, I was at the men's retreat on Friday night and again on Sunday morning. And uh, yesterday, very interesting day, um, and just kind of reflecting on this idea of we're called to be salt, light, and leaven in the world. And what does that look like? What does that mean today? Well, got a lot to share about that. Got a story. Uh, maybe it's too strong to say to be an angel, but to be a messenger from God. Isn't that our call? I have a story to tell about that. All that and more on Sound Insight. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I love you, and I thank you that you are our loving Father, and that you take care of us. I love you, Lord our God, that you call us to... Uh, you call us to, to know you and to love you and to serve you in this world, to be salt, light, and leaven. I thank you, Father, that you constantly take care of us. And Lord, I ask that you would uh, give me the grace to share openly and honestly, to be authentic, to be vulnerable, to, to be real. Lord, I, I, want, I just truly want, Lord Jesus, that you would use this time for your glory that you would use my voice to be a carrier of your voice, that people would hear you address them personally, that they would sense that they were personally addressed by what I talk about today. And I make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it feels like uh, my life is, it's regularizing a little bit. I, I don't want to say so much. It's, it is slowing down. It's slowing down a bit. i I've been traveling a lot and speaking a lot and attending conferences, um, uh, which you've heard me talk a bit about. And I still have stories to share around all of those things. First of all, it was a, it was a real blessing to be with the men at the Inland Northwest Men's Retreat that happened this past weekend. And Dale Alquist from the Chester Tennis Society uh, was the principal speaker on Saturday. And then Father Lewis presided and preached at the liturgies. And I spoke on Friday night and then came back on Sunday morning for a panel discussion with Father Lewis and um, and with Dale. It was, it was great to see, uh, I don't know, between 80 and 100 guys there, uh, to, to see guys who, who come apart. Right? So what's a retreat? A retreat is about coming apart from ordinary activities and set us, setting aside the time for God, saying, Lord, this time is held in reserve for you. There were a few young guys there. By young guys, I mean like late teens into the early 20s. There were a few guys that were there that would say were in their 20s and 30s. The majority of the guys were much older, much older, let's say 50 years and older. And I don't know, you know, I stop and think, and it's like, why is that? 
why is that? And I was asking someone about that. And he said, well, it's probably because weekends are so filled with family activities. If you've got little kids, that it's just hard to set aside an entire weekend to be away from the family, especially when there's a lot of driving going on, a lot of events going on, to be able to set aside that time for a retreat with other men. And you know what? It makes sense. It does. It just, it does make sense. At a very practical level, that's just a difficult thing to give up that time. And it, it showed up on literally on the faces of the guys that were in front of me that I would say the majority of guys were older than I was. And, and I'm a pretty old guy. Um, at the same time, it also speaks to, I think, one of the challenges that we as a people face in this moment in history. And so I think the retreat is just a, a type of example of it. And in its being diverted and distracted and dispersed, all three of those, diverted away from spending time with God on retreat, distracted away from going on a retreat, and being so dispersed, spread out in many directions, that we end up not having the time or the space to say, I'm going to give myself over to God this weekend. This is that important. It, it's almost as if to say, because I want to be a good husband and father, and because my life is so busy and complicated, and because my family is stretched and pulls us in many directions, I must step away and go on a retreat. Not only for my own sake, so that I can be rejuvenated and refreshed and, and centered again on the Lord, as valuable as that is, but I'm going to do it for their sake, precisely in order to be a good and loving, a holy and godly husband and father. I must do this. I must come away from you in order to be able to love you well. I must step apart from you. I must literally retreat from the relationships in the hectic and even frenzied activities of the moment. I must, from, from the internal sense, I must step apart so that I can be with you in a way that's fruitful and loving. And I, I give that example of the retreat because the it, it it has a parallel it has a uh it provides a a i think a source of insight into our own lives our own lives day to day and week to week i mean both of those intentionally i mean day to day and i mean week to week by day to day what i mean is if i want to be a good husband and father and a good let's just say a good man as i go out into the world uh, not just a good man, but a, a man that's rooted in, in his relationship with God and, and rooted in faith and, and rooted in, in spending my life on the things of God, I must step apart from my relationships and my work and take time in prayer. This is why in our spiritual life, in our Catholic tradition, prayer, daily prayer, is often 
and most regularly recommended to happen first thing in the morning. Now, you probably know this. Reflect on your own lived experience that when you have the capacity and you make the decision to give God and the relationship with God your first attention, your first commitment, the first use of your time is given over to the Lord to call upon his name, to seek his presence, to be open to share and to listen to him in prayer, to take in his word in scripture, to do the liturgy of the hours, the invitatory, office of readings, morning prayer, to take some time in silence, maybe some songs, prayer, some praise, uh, intercession, praying a rosary, going to Mass, but I'm even talking right now really about personal prayer. When you take that time first for God, you'll be filled up. Your spiritual tank, your spiritual gas tank, will get filled up. You'll find within yourself a sense of peace, a sense of joy, and interior freedom. Now, I mean all of those I meant all of those words that I just said. Peace and joy and interior freedom. And I'm going to talk about that. Uh, I'm actually drawing upon a book called Interior Freedom. It's by Father Jacques Philippe. Uh, you're probably familiar with it. You've probably heard the name. I think we, in fact, covered it this as a book club book. And it's the book that Carrie chose for our married couples group. I mean, she made some recommendations with me and we talked about it and came up with that one as the book of choice. And so Friday night, after I gave my talk uh, at the men's retreat in, at Camp Lutherhaven in, in Idaho, I drove back home. I drove back home in order to be with the married couples group that Carrie initiated and, uh, and, and brought us together. And, and we had a chance to reflect on a text from interior freedom. And I loved it. I, I love this idea of doing a group reflection live in the moment and facilitating it, right? Like asking, what did that mean to you? How did that strike you? What, 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 what showed up for you in that particular passage? And in the particular passage that we were discussing, Father Philippe was bringing out the very important idea that the Lord is calling us to an ever deeper experience of freedom on the inside, what he calls interior freedom, which is distinct from, not radically separate from, but distinct from external forms of freedom. When you think about an external form of freedom, you think of well, I'm not being forced to do something. I have choices. I have some options in front of me. I have some space around me to move in, and I can move within that space, right? So there's that, that lack of a sense of constraint and, and more of a sense of choice is, is I think, at a, at a deeply felt level, existential, right? At a deeply felt level, that's external freedom, Interior freedom is connected to that idea. Interior freedom 
has to do with the internal experience of our own sense of self and our own sense of being alive in this moment, in this situation, in this reality that I'm in, that has a corresponding sense of space, options, choices. And there were those words that I, I, I chose, right? Because I, I asked, and let me ask you, when I, when I say to you, interior freedom, freedom that is from the inside, freedom that has to do with something that is internally known and experienced in a deep way, when, what is it that you feel when you lack a sense of interior freedom? What do you feel on the inside when you lack that sense of interior freedom? And people had all kinds of answers at our group. It was so interesting. It was, I feel anxious. I feel afraid. I feel confused. I feel burdened. I feel weighed down. I feel constrained. I feel stuck. I feel like there's no way forward, right? Those are all, do you see how I said the word feel? It, it's, 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 it's a sense we have that is from the inside. You, you might on the outside, like when people look at you externally, you might have all the options in the world, but on the inside, you're so marked by anxiety or fear, feeling overwhelmed or stuck, that there's this, radical discrepancy or distance between the visible external appearance of the life that I'm living and what's going on on the inside. And Father Philippe brings out this idea that our inheritance, what the Lord wills for us, what Jesus wills for you, dear sweet sister in Christ, Jeanette, dear sweet sister in Christ, the Lord wills for you freedom on the inside, freedom from being overwhelmed, from being sad, weighed down, anxious and afraid, nervous and, and, and stuck. This is not what the Lord wills. He wills interior freedom. Now, he connects it to faith, hope, and love. The, the three theological virtues. And those three theological virtues are, why are they called theological? Well, they come from God. They don't come from our efforts. Our efforts, when there, were, when there are virtues, when there are actions that emerge in us that are uh, reminiscent, that express uh, uh, ideal behavior of a human being, excellent human behavior, that's what a virtue is, when, when we can act out of a virtue that is purely human or operating at a human level, it's called an acquired virtue. That is, it's a virtue we grow in through our own efforts. We acquire that virtue. I become more courageous by acting courageously in the moment. I may not feel it, but when I act it, I become more courageous. Theological virtues are those virtues that we cannot earn or gain. We don't figure them out and then get them, attain them. No, they are given as a gift. 
They are infused, like an infusion of blood. They are infused in us at baptism. At baptism, what's infused in us are faith, hope, and love. And it's through faith, hope, and love that we relate to God. We relate to God the Father through the Son in the Spirit, where we are stirred to trust, have confidence, and delight. Faith, hope, love. Trust, have confidence, and delight in our God. And that releases within us the experiential counterpart that is associated with interior freedom. What does that look like? I'll tell you in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome back to Sound Insight. I'm talking about interior freedom. I'm drawing upon just one passage that was in that book, Interior Freedom, that we're talking about in our married couples group that we do at our home on Friday nights. And so we were talking about the experience externally of what freedom is like, and then talking about what the lack of freedom feels like on the inside. And now we're exploring the uh, experience of freedom on the inside or interior freedom, freedom that goes to the invisible level or the spiritual level. What does that look like? What is that experience like? And by the way, this is going to be all tied back to why it is so important for us to pray daily as a way of coming apart, coming apart from our daily activities and not be diverted, distracted, and dispersed. And in, in doing so, losing our sense of communing with the Lord God, communing with a deep sense of union with the living God. And instead, we become diminished in that sense of vital relationship with the Lord, and we fall into a lack of interior freedom. This is not what God wants for you. And I said on a daily basis and on a weekly basis. So I'm going to talking about daily prayer right now. I'm going to talk about the importance of a Lord's Day, taking setting a day apart for the Lord, and how that will also foster a deeper interior freedom. Okay, so the Lord wants for you, please hear me. You don't have to wonder. The Lord wants for you interior freedom. He does. And that interior freedom that is associated with your being a child of God through baptism. You cry out, Abba, Father, through the gift of the Spirit within your heart. You can come to know the good and loving Father who loves you so much. You can encounter that love, experience that love that is going to introduce into your life interior freedom. And it's marked by, it's marked by joy and peace. Joy and peace. And so let's talk about that. Let's talk about peace real quickly. You've heard me describe and define peace, not my definition, but what St. Augustine has said that has been carried down through 1,500 years of Catholic Church theology, that peace is the is pax est tranquillitas, tranquillitas ordinis. Peace is the 
tranquility of things being in order. Peace is the tranquility that comes when things are in alignment. When things are in alignment, there's a flow that happens. So peace is is this sense of a flow of trust moving towards God and God reaching out to us in delight, in love. And we have confidence in the Lord no matter what we're doing. We have hope. We have confidence that that the Lord is with us and he's going to see us through as he continues to flow towards us in love. And and, uh, interior freedom is uh, is also that peace that uh, gives us this beautiful sense of alignment that allows us to flow in, in in the way that we love the Lord. We love you, Lord. And as a result, there's peace that is the internal experience that we have. And honestly, think about it. Have you met someone who you know, no, well, who you know, you, a person that you know that has a strong sense of commitment to their faith, as far as you can tell. And one of the signs that often accompanies a person who is very strong in their faith is peace. It radiates from them. There's a sense of calm. There's a sense of tranquility. There's a sense that the Lord puts things in order. And we don't have to be frenzied. Things are flowing. And that's hard for us. That's hard for us, especially when we have so many things going on that we get a little bit harried, a little bit, uh, a little bit crazed, maybe, at all the stuff we're trying to get done. And we just feel like we're going to lose it. Lose our patience, lose our kindness, uh, lose our, our our sense of like spiritual uh, being grounded in, in in sense of well being, and that's hard. That's hard. Hey, uh, funny story. So funny story. Friday, Sunday morning, get up early, driving back out to the men's conference for the men's retreat for the panel discussion, and I had just enough time to, to go from my house, about a 45-minute drive, to the retreat center. And I got on one of the, it's kind of like a highway, but it was a, a two-lane sort of back road highway. And going down the road, and I come up to a car in front of me. And this, I caught up to this car. And the speed limit on the road was 55. And this car was going 55. Well, let's say 54. But let's say 55. The point was I caught up to the car because I was not going 55. And so I kind of come up to the car. I give it get, you know, there's some space between us. And what do I start thinking about? I start thinking about when am I going to reach a stretch of road that has the dashed lines that give me permission to pass this car? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, it doesn't look like this is going to happen for a couple of miles. So I start getting this like anxiety inside of me about the fact that this car is only going the speed limit. It's feeling a lot slower. I'm feeling a bit of the time pressure. Am I going to still make it on time? And inside of me, there was this prompting, this little sense of the Lord nudging me 
And what I sensed the Lord saying to me was, Tom, relax. Just settle in. Just settle in behind the car, not too close. Just give some space and just let it be okay that you're just going to go 55 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour speed, uh, uh, 50 mile an hour stretch of road. You're not going to go 60. You're just going to go 55 and you're just going to settle in. Don't, don't just like say I'm settling for it. No, settle into it. Just settle in and relax. Just enjoy the peacefulness that comes from only driving this speed. You don't have to worry about how fast you're going. This is your pace car. This is your pace car. I think what I wanted to do was what the uh, race cars do when they reach that point on the track where the pace car is about to go off and they go zooming right around it, (laughs) zooming super fast right past it. I was tempted, but I did not do that. And you know what was so cool? I just had to smile. I just had to smile. When I said yes to that interior inspiration to just go with the flow, just go with the flow. Within a mile, the car put on his blinker and took a right. (laughs) Got off the road and uh, took a right-hand turn off the road. And all of a sudden, I had the road just wide open in front of me. And what was so interesting was the, the fact that I was willing to just surrender and just go with the flow, even for that mile, I was less like frenzied as a result and less uh, like nudged to drive in a frenzied way. Now, I, I don't think I stayed exactly at 55, but I definitely did not drive as fast as I would have if that car had not been placed in front of me. I want to say providentially placed in front of me to slow down, slow down. And I'm going to say to you, dear loved ones, that maybe this radio program, this podcast, if you're listening to it after the fact, has providentially been placed in your life to get you to pause for a minute and say, are you going with the flow or are you frenzied? Is that pace car that is in front of you in your life a source of frustration? or And you feel like you're settling for less? Can you surrender that and just settle in and let it be okay that you're going to proceed through your day at a pace that is maybe a bit less than you would have done had this obstacle, obstacle, gift really, been placed in front of you. And so I share that story with you because the Lord wants peace for you. He wants peace for you. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that you want peace for us. I thank you for these dear, sweet brothers and sisters of mine in Christ, Lord our God. You will for us interior freedom. But Lord, that interior freedom will not come unless we are seeking you in prayer, being with you in prayer, nurturing our union with you in prayer, so that, Lord our God, you will wash away, slowly wash away, 
those sources of frenzy, those sources of, of negative energy that make us feel stuck, make us feel overwhelmed, make us feel bad about ourselves, Lord. Lord, wash those things away. Come close to us, Jesus, and wash those things away. Grant us peace, Jesus. We really desire that peace, Lord. So, amen. Amen. Amen, Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so in prayer, in prayer we turn to the Lord and we ask him, Lord, give me peace. Lord, I want that interior freedom. But Lord, I'm feeling these things that are counterweights to faith, hope, and love. And so Lord, please stir into flame faith, hope, and love. Stir those things in, Lord. And may I dwell with you in prayer time. In my prayer time, Lord, give me the grace to pray today. Give me the grace to come apart from my day intentionally and set aside that time for you. Give me the grace, Lord. Give me that little prompting, maybe when I'm driving, to to take some time and, and just talk to you, Lord, and just listen to you. Or at lunchtime, or when I wake up in the morning, Lord, or tonight to, to turn the TV off and to stop looking at my phone and, and to give over more time to you, Lord. Lord, Lord, I know I'm not going to do that without you. I need your grace. You see, in the book Interior Freedom, in this particular section, uh, Father Philippe says it's not only the fact that it's the virtues of faith, hope, and love that are going to help us come to experience interior freedom. But in a special way, it's hope. Now, why is that? Why hope? Well, hope is the virtue of the one who is on the way. Hope is that virtue of the person, of the human being, of the creature, who has not yet arrived, who's not yet at home, who is not yet at their destination, who has not yet reached their goal, the person who is on the way. Now, of course, you know what it's like to be on the way if you're at home and you're driving to school, you're at home and you're driving to work, or you're driving back home to, you're driving back to home from a place. You know what it's like to be on the way. But do you ever reflect on the fact that your whole life, your very existence is an existence that is on the way? Earth is not our home. We're on a journey towards heaven. Heaven is not just the end of our earthly life. Heaven isn't just the end of journeying. No, it's the goal that we are pursuing. It, why? Because that's what God is. And in heaven, we will attain to a perfect union with God. And if it's a perfect union with God in heaven, on earth, on the way... We do experience a union with the Lord, but it's not perfect. It's not perfect. And, and Father Jacques Philippe unfolds this in the course of the book, that we uh, interior freedom is marked by the virtue of hope because you can say, and here's the paradox of our life of faith, the, something, the, the both and quality of our life of faith, is you can cry out to God, Lord, I praise you for I am free interiorly. Lord, I thank you for my interior freedom for I am free. And inside a voice says, no, I am not. No, I am not. 
And guess what? Which statement was correct? Thank you, Lord, for I am free. I am free on the inside. I have interior freedom. Or, no, I am not. Which one is true? Yes, they both are. Because when you're on the way, you haven't yet arrived. And so there is the acknowledgement that you still have a ways to go. Your interior freedom, it's imperfect. And that means your peace is imperfect. That sense of flowing with tranquility, with calm, with serenity, it's not yet perfect. So you're going to still be marked by some of those deeply felt experiences, the existential experiences that I've been discussing. At the same time, you have made some advancement. You have grown. And so as a result of that, you will experience within yourself, yes, some peace. Yes, some faith, hope, and love. Yes, the interior freedom. And what was that other word I said? The joy. The joy. Peace and joy are your inheritance. You're a child of God. You are. That means that the Lord wills for you peace and joy as signs of your interior freedom, as expressions of your interior freedom, as a sign of the reality that you are experiencing a union with God in your heart and in your life. You might not be able to understand the complete map out of what it's like, but you experience the freedom and the peace and the joy. What does joy mean and look like? Talk about that in a minute. Hey, welcome back to Sound Inside. It's great to be with you today. So talking about interior freedom and peace and joy and how these are things that the Lord wants for you. And in order for us to experience them, I'm encouraging you to do what these guys did on the retreat. And that is take a step apart, take a step away, take a step back from the dominant experiences of your daily life. Now, I'm not saying you have to make a retreat a whole day, or sorry, a whole weekend, or uh, even a whole day. But I am saying that when you do that, when you step apart from, when you take a step back away from, then in fact, you're doing that really for the sake of your sense of identity and purpose, the vision and mission for your life. So I was saying to the men, Men, you'll be better men as husbands and fathers by stepping away from those very relationships that make you a husband and father so that you can focus on your relationship with God. Same is true with women. There's a women's conference coming up. I think it's this weekend with Danielle Bean happening on the West Side. Uh, and I, th I think you're hearing the sponsors for that over the course of this week. I'm not sure I'll be able to interview Danielle. I'm hoping that I can, but we'll see what is possible in that regard. I am going to be interviewing Sister Mary Eucharista, uh, a Sound Insight favorite. Uh, she's going to be on on, let's see, on Wednesday, tomorrow, she'll be on. And we're going to talk about, well, a couple of themes. We're going to talk about uh, the angels and archangels and saints coming, uh, leading up to an All Saints Day reflection, day of prayer. Again, coming apart from your daily life and setting aside time for God. And what a beautiful day to do that. But as we were talking a bit, she and I talking about that program, I 
hadn't spoken with her since I got back from my dad's funeral, and she was not aware of my dad's death, and started to share some really profound things about the role of the father and what it means to lose a father, and and from her experience herself and from her experience as a spiritual director. So tune in for that interview. She has some beautiful and poignant and profound things to share about loss and the love of the father and just reflecting on what it's like to to lose a father. So uh, I'm really looking forward. I'm hoping to that, in fact, frankly, it's just going to be a great blessing to me to talk with her about that theme. So, um, but coming back to this theme of peace is flow, then what's joy? And simply put, overflow. If peace is this sense of flowing because God, he's got our life in alignment. We've repented of our sins. We've gone to confession. We're we're removing those blockages. And now things are lining up. And so there's this beautiful sense of flowing towards God and God flowing towards us. And so as we nurture that union, we nurture that union, we become filled with the life of God, filled with the life of God, filled to the brim, filled to the top, filled to overflowing. And that's what joy is. Joy is the experience of overflow that happens when we have attained the goal which we have been pursuing. When we pursue an authentic goal and we achieve the completion of that, there's a sense of overflowing. It's too much. Think of what happens when someone breaks through a finish line. They've reached the end of their race. They pass through that finish line. They break the tape. And then there's just that sense of, oh, the release. It's too much. It's just this over overflow. God wants you to know him so intimately, so profoundly, so personally, and with such vitality that you will experience a sense of a life whose cup runneth over, whose cup is filled to overflowing. And this is who God is. This is who God is. It, don't believe me. Go back to paragraph one in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Out of sheer goodness, God creates us so that we could share in his own happiness. Paragraph one. That word goodness, the concept there, is the overflowing quality of something that is precious, that has a value, that is supremely valuable. The good is that which overflows itself, right? Bonum est divusivum sui. The good, it's the classical definition of the transcendental attribute of being, which is goodness. The good is that which overflows itself. And so when you feel your life that is so full that it's uncontainable, you have come to encounter the good God, your good and loving Father. But have you? And think about what would happen to your day if your day began with, think about this. (laughs) You have the opportunity every day to begin with a setting aside 
of the time that I have, setting it aside from ordinary activities, and instead holding myself in reserve to commune with the living God. And when I commune with the living God, that means pray. That means you're speaking words to God and you're also listening for communication from God. You are meditating on scripture and holy art or holy images, holy music, and you're taking it in and you're speaking it out. That back and forth, that reciprocation, reciprocity, the back and forth quality of prayer, which is a dwelling together with, a union with God. Do you think about that as prayer? That's what prayer is? Prayer isn't just saying, okay, I sat down, I gave some time, I said some prayers, I read some words, I, I did my devotions, and now I have prayed. No, it's about union. Union with the Lord. And guess what? As you're nurturing that union with the Lord, you might sit down, set aside the time, say some prayers, speak some words, do some devotions, make some reflections, right? So it, you can, two people can be doing the same thing. And one is just going through the motions, checking the boxes. The other one has a keen awareness, has a sensitivity to the reality that I have been welcomed into the presence of the living God. He is here with me, and I am with him. And he's nurturing a deeper union with me. And when that happens in prayer, alignment, peace, things are flowing. Filling up, filling up to overflowing joy. And it's washing away, washing away, diminishing those experiences that I carry within me that rob me or diminish my interior freedom. Do you see how good God is? This is what God has available to us. And so in our tradition, it's not only daily that we are called upon to set aside time, preferably in the morning, preferably be the first thing, preferably enough time for us to actually receive from the Lord the alignment that we can't bring about on our own and the fullness to overflowing that is a pure gift that he has available to us. And then if we move from the day into that, it's like a springboard, it's like a rocket ship isn't it? You just move into the day, literally your cup has runneth over. So now you have something to give. Now, in fact, when you show up in a place, you're going to radiate peace. People will sense a joy on your face. And then all of a sudden, you want to share. You have a willingness to give of what you've received. And when you face a personality that's a bit more abrupt, there's a sense of uh, harshness, and you know what? You can bring peace into that circumstance. When you bump into someone who's having a hard day and they're gruff, you can respond with joy because you have this container full that's just overflowing. And so, when you think about life, when you think about the goodness that God has for you, you nurture it in prayer, and now you have something to bring into your day. And you're going to be willing to stay in line and not try to be frenzied in your approach and get around those obstacles instead of just saying, let me just settle in. And then look what happens. The Lord removes that obstacle from your way and now you can move forward. Isn't that beautiful? That's what the Lord wants. He has that available to you. He has that available to me. He wants that. But you know what that also sets us up to do? It makes us more willing and available 
to be salt, light, and leaven in the world, to follow those promptings to speak the name of Jesus and to bring up God into circumstances. What does that look like? I'll tell you in a minute from my yesterday on Sound Insight. So on Monday, yesterday, on Sound, uh, on Sound Insight, yesterday during my day, I was meeting with a homeowner um, who has a couple of homes she's selling in Coeur d'Alene. And there's a client of mine from Utah. I, I serve folks who are moving into the area and they're looking for particular kinds of homes. And so one of the things that I'll do is as I learn about them, and it's often over Zoom or over the phone, I'll find out the kind of homes that they're interested in and then I'll go find them. I will go find them a home that fits their criteria. Does that make sense? And um, and that often means, right, that they are looking on Zillow or Redfin or Realtor.com or so their other favorite um, website where they're looking up homes. And, and I can do the same thing. But I also, I go looking for homes that are not visible on those platforms. And so I have access to data and information that they don't. Uh, because as a real estate agent, I can go on the multiple listing service and and I have found ways to like go look up homes that maybe fit their criteria and then go talk to those owners. And so that's what I was doing. I was talking to this uh, homeowner, this woman who uh, had these two beautiful homes. And I said, yeah, I would love to see them so that I, when I talk with these folks from Utah later in the week, I'll be able to say, I've been in the homes and here are the pictures. Let's walk through. Let me describe them to you. And as I was doing that, she said to me, she was like, we we're standing, um, like looking out the window at the neighbor of one of these homes. And she said, yeah, that guy, he's interested in selling his home, but he needs help finding the next home that he would move into. And uh, she said, oh, he's a really nice guy. And he's just like, needs some help to find uh his next home and to sell his home. I'm like, I don't need any other invitation than that. So I said, Hey, do you mind if I mention that you mentioned him and I'll go knock on the door? She said, I would love that. That would be great. Go for it. So after we were done, I went and knocked on the door. The fellow answered. I knew his name. I mentioned the woman next door had mentioned his situation to me and then everything changed. Now, not, not for the negative, um, he said yes, and he immediately mentioned a health condition, a pretty serious health condition. And that was one of the things that was an impetus to make him move was a health condition. And it was really, though, also wanting a changed life circumstance. I said, great. And he started to go on and talk further about his health condition and the number of heart surgeries that he had undergone as a result of this like really serious electrocution event. I don't know what his job was. I don't know how it happened. All I know is he described himself as being like seriously electrocuted and it caused all of this heart damage plus other types of damage. Okay. So I just said, I'm really sorry that that has happened to you. That's really hard. And he said, Essentially, he just said one word in the midst of the next sentence that I was listening for, and he got my attention. He said, well, I'm only still alive because of God. And I'm like, all right, here we go. 
Now, what would you do? What would you do if he said that and you were there? If you met this person, I never met this person before. <laughs> I'm standing on his front steps and he's on his front deck. And uh, I said to him, so you believe in God? And he said, yes, I do. I said, so do you pray to God? He said, absolutely. I pray to God every day. And I said, so you believe in the power of prayer? Yes. And I said, are you open to having me pray with you for your health condition right now? He said, I love Jesus. Absolutely. I'm like, all right, let's go. So I went up to his level and I said, can I just take your hand? Took his hand and put my hand on his shoulder, closed my eyes and just started praying with him right there. Just, Lord Jesus, bless this dear brother of mine. And and off I went praying for his health condition, praying that the Lord would be a divine physician, praying for his upcoming surgical procedure, praying for recovery, praying for refreshment, praying for his wife, praying for his living situation. And he was moved. He was personally deeply moved. And uh, when we were done praying, he, uh, like, he looked at, I'd given him a card and he saw my name and spoke my name and said, thank you so much. I said to him, I said, you know, the Lord did not bring me over here, first of all, to sell your house or to talk to you about selling your house and helping you find a house. The Lord brought me here because he wants you to know that he sees you. He knows exactly what you're going through. And today I was just an angel, a messenger that came from God so that you would have confidence that he is with you. And that through our prayer, you'd experience the further blessing of his presence. That you'd have confidence that he is with you. And that he has healing graces in store for your life. And he really appreciated that. And I thought that was so cool. I thought that was really cool. So um, I, I, I share that with you because... You just don't know when the Lord is going to open up opportunities for you to bring your faith out into the open in settings that are not in a church. They're not in, like, on a Catholic radio station. No, these are going to be you out in your world. In your world, bringing out your sense of faith. The, the day before, I was talking with a woman who was selling her house by herself. It's called for sale by owner. And so that was the decision she had made. And so I had given her a call and just said, hey, I, I see you have this you know, lovely home and you are choosing to sell it by yourself. And she said, yep. And we just started talking about that and had a, had a really nice conversation. And it didn't take long before she started to talk about how overwhelmed she was. 
because the home was associated with her mom who was battling a serious illness. She mentioned what it was and just how she was selling the home to try to navigate the financial realities that were associated with taking care of her mom's condition. And so we talked about it and talked about it. And I was just offering her uh, expertise that I had and expertise that I recommended that she get to find a path forward. And she found it very comforting and helpful. And along the way, I just simply said to her, I said, hey, you said a couple of words that made me think that you are a person that has God in your life. Did I get that right? And you know what? This isn't one of those stories where, yes, she just said, absolutely, I go to Mass and pray a rosary. No, not like that at all. She talked about her own form of spirituality, which was a little bit different, and how she was a person that sought a sense of connection to uh, her higher power in, in her way. And so what I did in that circumstance was I didn't press it any further. I simply said that um, in her situation, I just said, simply said, that's wonderful because I'm a person that I bring that in my own way into the relationships with the people that I'm serving. And so I hope that you will find a sense of connection to your God as you are walking through this path. And, and again, she was so grateful that I was, what was I doing? I was, in a certain sense, bringing into that phone call peace and joy, the flow and the overflow that was coming from my life in that moment, and it reached her life, and she found it to be a blessing, even though that's a good example of a situation where we weren't praying together. It wasn't in a church setting. It wasn't that she was Catholic or even Christian. But I still had the opportunity to be a witness, to be in that moment salt, light, and leaven. And so I love that. I love that it's not only when I'm talking to you, dear brothers and sisters, on the radio or through a podcast, or if you're kind of connecting to me on social media, Facebook, pod, you know, blah, 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 but just going about the work of helping people buy and sell homes, which, you know, in today's world is a, it's like a secular activity, that I can go about that work and be authentically me. I can have available and can bring to bear my faith when that's appropriate to the extent that it fits the people I'm dealing with. And so I love that. I love that. Well, I just will say to you, if that would be a blessing to you, connect with me. Go to drtomkern.com. All right. I'm at the end of my program. Join me tomorrow for more Sound Insight.